that issue in the Big 12, I think it was two years ago, where there were the teams tied, and it was depending on who played for the national championship. And my thought is, if you start putting together these 16-team football conferences, you're going to have more and more good teams push to the bottom just because they have one loss. And if yeah. you're left with nothing but conference championship games to decide who plays in the national title, then the national title is going to start losing its significance. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, I think that's 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 definitely what will happen. Uh, I mean, it's just inevitable when you've got that many teams in a conference. Uh, you're going to have a lot of really good teams that, that don't make the cut. Um, you know, I think it's interesting, too, to think how, how does it affect – you know, non-BCS bowls, how does it affect that structure? You know, um, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I, I, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things, money talks and, and, um, you know, with, with the way things are going, it's just, I, I don't think the big 12 can sustain, uh, as a, as a nine team and, 18 you know i just think it's it's slowly kind of dwindling away and i think we've got to go we've got to go where the money is and i think you almost kind of have to worry about the details um after you kind of worry about where you're going to get your money absolutely well as that slow march towards whatever's coming in the future happens uh cowboys looking like a pretty strong team tomorrow night significant test so we're looking forward to seeing a good uh pac 12 big 12 matchup if it's one of the last ones, I think it should be a good one. And uh, I know that uh, Cincy Joe, who's never been to Cincinnati and isn't named Joe from uh, Cowboys Ride for Free, is definitely going to be tuning in over the NFL. Uh, I know I will be too. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you will as well. So, uh, Joe, I want to thank you again for uh, taking this time to appear with us and uh, talk about all this realignment garbage that uh, keeps getting in the way of football and uh, the game itself. Exactly. No, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. And uh, that, of course, once again, Cincy Joe from Cowboys Ride for Free, uh, Oklahoma State, Arizona, kicking off week two. Uh, week one was a pretty solid week, had some good games, uh, USF knocking off Notre Dame, and now the Irish followed up with a, another big game, this time against Michigan, and their BCS hopes already riding on thin ice. So that's going to be an exciting one to watch come Saturday. Uh, we got some other big games coming up this weekend. Uh, we're still a week away from Oklahoma FSU, which to me is a bit of a national championship semifinal. I know there's a lot of talk about playoffs, and we sort of scratched the surface of that. The 16-team Super Conference is sort of being a preamble to that. And, uh, Jeff, I know that you're sort of of the opinion as we start to see those conferences take shape, we might see that playoff actually make its way into FBS football. I don't think there's actually any future of college football other than with a playoff, particularly the way the schools are chasing money to go to these big conferences. Uh, the BCS can't sustain if they lose the Big 12. Uh, you can't have all of your big top programs in one conference because the beauty of the BCS right now, six conferences, six conference champs, all great teams at the end of the year. But if you start putting all those teams in the same conference, you start diluting the pool from which you're selecting these, these conference champs. And so with the playoff, I think you go with a, six, a top 16-team playoff. You rank the teams out as they are at the end of the year. If you do have a conference champ that's not ranked in the top 16, uh, maybe like Virginia Tech last year, lost two games early, ended up coming back to win the ACC, say they don't make it back up to the 16, you know, top 16, you put them in the playoffs, you bump out the lowest-ranked non 
conference title winner. And then you, you go through and you just do a 16-team playoff. You let all the other teams go and play their meaningless bowl games. Uh, you know, the three-loss, four-loss teams have always been able to look toward the bowl game as the end of the season you know, to, to cap a great season. And I think that's where you go. You keep the low-end bowl games. You go to a top-16 uh, team playoff. And that way you're still going to be keeping all the top teams in the top conferences anyway. Now, what concerns me about this playoff talk is I'm in favor of it so long as it doesn't get diluted. Now, I love March Madness, particularly the first weekend, but March Madness doesn't necessarily end up crowning the best team as its national champion. This year in the title game, you saw a Butler team that needed some shady officiating in the second round, was an eight seed, ended up getting the title game, didn't look like it had a whole lot of business being there, playing a UConn team that finished eighth in its own conference, and now how this carries over to football, now 16 teams, is number 16 really deserving of the national championship? And if you look at FCS, which was just recently a 16-team tournament, they're now 20, and they're looking at 24. And I sure, I'm sure once 24 comes along, 32 isn't going to be far behind. So what can you do to prevent that creep? And how do you keep it so that the playoff is still crowning your best team as your national champion? I think one of the biggest things with that is if you go with the top 16 teams at the end of the year, you're taking teams that have already distanced themselves from uh, from their competition. They've already established themselves as the top programs in the country. And re- what the uh, what Division One FBS has that the FCS doesn't is the bowl games. They already have the bowl games established right now. And obviously the FCS is going to look to add teams because at the end of every year there are more teams left out that might be good enough to make it in. But the problem is those teams are left out. They go home. In the FBS right now, teams that are left out of the national title discussion, they still get to go and play in a bowl game. So I think as long as you can keep the lower-end bowls in existence, the Holiday Bowl and the Pac-10, you can keep some of those lower teams satisfied. And frankly, at the end of a 12-game season, if you have three losses, you should not be considered in the running for the best college football team of the year because you're clearly not better than the 0-1 and 2-loss teams because of the fact that you've already lost three games on the year. And I think that's the thing that concerns me most is at what point do they start to continue to expand, continue to expand, continue to expand. I think the bowl games are important there because those three-loss teams do need the extra revenue from playing that game, but they also don't necessarily deserve to you know, have a couple of breaks go the right way. If you're if you're a nine and three team playing against twelve and zero Auburn last year, you pull off the upset, just get on a hot streak the way that UConn did last year in the basketball tournament with uh, with Kemba Walker catching fire when he did. So I think it's really important if you do see it go to that playoff that it remains something that's kept relatively small, relatively exclusive, but still with that way of getting those other programs that revenue and that chance for their fans to see them play one final game. And I think this the idea that you're going to get to the playoffs and you're going to start seeing these crazy upsets, I don't think that plays out as much as people think or would expect. The, the biggest one everybody goes back to is the Boise State-Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl in 2006. What people, I don't think they fully understand how much time Boise State had to prepare for that game. Mm-hmm. And I had coaches at Western, came from Boise. They're great schemers. They're, they know how to scout teams. We opened one of our seasons at UC Davis. They're an FCS opponent, and we beat them. We were Division II. The reason we were able to beat them is we had all summer, 
all offseason to prepare. And you look at opening week this week, uh, Auburn almost lost to Utah State. Why? Not because Utah State's a better team. Not because Utah State got lucky and you know, was able to almost pull the upset. It was because of game planning. They had a full offseason to prepare. And so you look at the way the bowl system's set up now, teams already are going to keep practicing and playing for that month leading up to the game. So these worries about, oh, it's going to lengthen the season, they're going to play too many games, are irrelevant because people are practicing and scrimmaging that much time, you know, that, that much anyway. And if you only have one week to prepare for an opponent, especially in college football, those good teams are going to rise to the top and the teams that just can't beat them are going to fall by the wayside. Now, I think a fitting note to go out on, a very important question, one that's really been nagging me for a while. Which college football team this season is John Cena, and which college football team this season is CM Punk? It's a tough question. I think if <laughs> if Texas didn't have the year that they had last year, uh, I think Texas would be the John Cena. They're the team like you know we talked about earlier that are they're they're kind of starting to become a little bit of money grubbers. They're getting this big head, and even when they don't have success people still expect them to have success. And so for for the the John Cena discussion, I know Texas isn't isn't the best team this year, but if they do go out and they do finish 9 and 3 or they finish 8 and 4, there's still going to be this talk that Texas is still one of the best teams in the country even after they've had two down years. I have to cut you off though because you missed an obvious opportunity to make a Florida Jorts joke, but that's okay. We'll let that slide. Yeah, I guess the, you know, the other one you could look at in terms of the team that's always favored is uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I know I was, it was pointed out to me today that Notre Dame, even after their loss to South Florida, they still received votes to be in the top 25. And you know, eventually, you've got to look at John Cena, you've got to <laughs> look at Notre Dame, and say you aren't what you used to be. You're not the best program in the country. And John Cena, I'm sorry, you are not the best wrestler in WWE. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we can leave you off on that note. Uh, be sure to enjoy the game. You can pass on watching the NFL because, damn it, you'll have all day Sunday. Arizona, Oklahoma State, tonight, ESPN, check it out. And thank you, as always, for listening to the SaturdayBlitz.com podcast. Until next time, Kyle Kenson. Jeff Twining. Later.